I think the need for just-in-time training is probably even more important now than ever before. People's attention spans are short. The number of software products that an average employee has access to now in the U.S. is more than 80. And so I think that just-in-time learning is super, super important to be able to kind of stay top of mind and incrementally make people a little bit better at their job every day. Welcome to this episode of Video Voyagers, Edge of AI. We are your hosts, Audrey. And Richard. And today we're going to be talking about some just-in-time content customer learning opportunities. I think I said that right. Just-in-time customer learning opportunities. There we go. Trained professionals, man. Trained yeah, professionals. Yeah, we're so professional. How are you today, Rich? I'm good. I literally have some fish waiting for me after this. I felt like eating some hush puppies, <laughs> and so I got the fish with the hush puppy. But the hush puppies were what drove it. Just-in-time hush puppies were on DoorDash. <laughs> and it just goes to show you how important just-in-time content is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> when you first said you had fish waiting for you, I, for some reason, immediately imagined that, like, your kids were getting goldfish and that they, like, had them ready in a bag <laughs> Oh, that you needed to put into yeah, something. Yeah, that happens. That does. And usually they would be a little bit congealed. Like, you wouldn't get fresh goldfish. You know, you get whatever sticky hand gives you and you just smile, you nod, and you just you go with it. Oh, you're talking about goldfish the snack. I was talking about actual live goldfish, like in a Even like in like that little water bag. <laughs> it's a bag of goldfish. I was like, how would it be sticky? It's in water. <laughs> yeah, the viscosity of goldfish. You know, just, anyway, that's yeah. not the topic. I, I don't know how we're going to transition from that to customer success, but we're going to do it. What was your favorite part of the conversation today? You know, my favorite part was just, there's a quote that I actually wrote down here. If a picture is worth a thousand words, a video is worth 10,000, you know? And when you're doing like just in time content, I think that's so important to have something visual, right? It's easier to show than to just tell. And I think that was pretty powerful. I think that was, that was my favorite part of that conversation. Yeah. I really loved hearing about how she was able to scale customer learning and education across a massive, a massive size of an organization back when she was over with LinkedIn Learning. We were talking with Annie Dean today, who is a CS guru, mastermind, awesome OG of customer success. And she's the one that mentioned the importance of video and making just-in-time learning and did the whole thing with LinkedIn that we just talked about right now. You're going to enjoy the conversation. We definitely did. And yeah, anything else, Odds? She's talking about some other really cool AI technology that's coming up and how she uses that in customer success and customer education. So stay tuned in the next five seconds. Here's the interview. Here we go. Our guest today is Annie Dean, a customer success entrepreneur who's the current founder and CEO of Recast Success, helping career switchers thrive in tech and putting the success in customer success. Welcome to Video Voyager, Annie. <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad to have you on. So Annie, we've all seen people use ChatGPT and things to create instructional content. Is AI going to take all of our jobs? I mean, I hope so. I'd love to just work from the beach somewhere. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think that's actually, yeah, that's probably not really going to happen. I think customer success especially is very dependent on relationships and just don't get the same warm fuzzy working with bots that you do with working with real people who 
can understand your needs and get to know your business and really can offer the kind of context and guidance that a bot just is never going to be able to do. That's very true. We've had a lot of people say the exact same thing as well. So I'm starting to feel a little bit better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be changes. But even when graphical interfaces were really invented for web design, if you think about that, where it was like you had to have somebody do like full coding to build a website. Now you can just kind of drag and drop the pretty pictures. It's not like all those jobs went away and no one builds websites anymore. It's just different jobs. I think it'll be similar here, hopefully. We're getting rid of the, the tedious, annoying parts and uh, getting to spend more of our time on the impactful pieces. So tedious, annoying parts. I am the director of customer success here at Vidiate. I am familiar with such things. <laughs> so in the past, you've worked on some massive projects and teams where you had to educate people at scale, right? For instance, Coursera. I mean, wow, right? How did you do that? <laughs> Very carefully, I don't know. No, I mean, I think we kind of take a step back. Like one of my first really big roles in customer education was leading global customer learning operations for LinkedIn, fairly early days. And what we we were starting from scratch then, like this really wasn't a thing, probably like 2013. So we really dug into the data to say like, what are the behaviors and actions that the people that are really successful with our products that renewed or expanded, what were the activities that folks did versus the group that churned or partially churned? What were their activities? And compare those to kind of see what the fall-off points were. And so then we try and design intervention points where we're like, okay, we can get them in and using it in the first 30 days. They're way more successful. How can we really encourage them to do that? If we can get them to use these features at these points in time, they're really successful. And we found at the end of the day that the folks that Engage with at least one proactive customer education asset were 20% less likely to churn because they knew there was more help available and we were hitting them at the right moments. And the ones that had somebody that went through almost all of our educational content and got certified were 30% less likely to churn because they had an expert on staff who could help. Since then, I've worked at a lot of early startups. We don't have a whole data science team with all these researchers. That's a crazy amount, but it's the same ideas. What are the activities that really deliver value on the customer journey and you know, kind of tackle those one at a time and build assets as you go to try and solve the, the biggest burning issue for each moment and you'll build out a repository over time. Awesome. And then I actually remember about 2015, 16, I actually used some of that LinkedIn learning stuff, right? which I'm sure kind of came on. And I remember thinking it was just such a smart thing, right? Because a lot of people were doing education like on its own little thing. But like you're doing this right where other people are already doing other stuff, right? How did you guys make video fit into that, especially in like 2013, 14, 15? I mean, I'm a big believer in one size fits all fits none kind of thing, especially when you're trying to teach people. Folks have different learning styles, right? Some are video, visual, some are audio, some are kinesthetic. I mean, video is amazing because it touches on most of those, especially if you can do like a tutorial that's a little more interactive. But I like giving people options, right? Like just because somebody can take training in a certain language, if they're not a native speaker, for example, they might do better better watching someone where they can see a lip syncing going along with the text, for example. And so we really try to always make sure that there's multiple learning modalities available. Video is always 
a top choice for mine, but often, especially now with AI, you can really take the transcript from the video and then also use that to generate other things from that as well. And so trying to get like as much bang for the buck whenever you do record something and making sure that the picture's worth a thousand words, a video is probably worth 10,000 words, right? Mm, I like that one. I'm actually going to go write that down. If a picture's worth a thousand words, video's worth 10,000. I like that. So fast forwarding a little bit to current day, do you feel that businesses are considering their customers' experience enough in 2024? Oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, sorry. Am I allowed to start? Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> if you look at the overall market conditions, like 2023 SaaS grew by 17%. And most of the teams that affect customer experience were flat or negative, right? And if you look at what their staffing is going to be in 2024, most of them are like flat to very low single digit growth. SaaS is going to grow by another double digit. So like compounding interest, the staffing ratios have gotten, were bad in 2023. They're going to be worse in 2024. And we can be more efficient with certain tools, but most companies were also cutting back on spend. So not really equipping people with the spending, asking them to do a whole lot more with less. So you can get a little more efficient if you're really smart about it, but can you get 25, 30% more efficient Probably not, not right out of the gate and not with the current tool set that's available. So I think customers are really starting to feel it. And I think in 2024, the pendulum might start swinging back the other direction by the end of the year, hopefully. What other AI tools do you see out there for like customer success that you're excited about? Yeah, this is a pretty amazing time to be in customer success. I think there's a lot of really cool, innovative things out there right now. Fortunately, I think there's a ton of kind of point solutions that kind of solve like one little niche. I think whoever becomes the real market leader will be the one that figures out how to make it all come together really seamlessly. And I don't think anyone's even close to being there yet. I think there's some really cool kind of just-in-time training kind of features that are out there now that all you can sync them with all of your internal resources, like customer education assets, support assets, your CRM, all those kind of things. And if you're in a call with somebody, you can type in a question and it'll pop up an answer if it exists. So if someone's like, hey, do we integrate with Oracle? They're like, do we integrate with Oracle? They're like, oh, yes, yes, we do. Let me tell you more about that. So I think there's a lot of just-in-time really cool solutions. I think the comprehensive <laughs> application of AI to customer success is still, unfortunately, probably at least a year or two out. Definitely very disjointed now is what I've noticed. I mean, some of the stuff that we've been able to start using on our team has actually been pretty awesome. We use one of the customer success platforms. I won't mention the specific one, but they brought in some stuff that kind of, well, it's kind of like that, a little helper that's like, hey, based on this and this and this, you might want to do this, this and this. The thing that really frustrates me about the CSP world right now is most of them are kind of a fancy interface for a data warehousing system where it's like, let's pull all the data together. And then it'll create like to-do lists of like, cool, here's a bunch of things. But the answer for almost everything is email. <laughs> I feel like in this day and age, is that really how people are consuming information? I mean, we're not sitting down and reading a bunch of texts. Like newspapers are going out of business. People want short form video is probably the hottest, right? <laughs> like most people are spending a heck of a lot more time on TikTok than they are reading a newspaper. So trying to really master what communication channels people use and methods they use, I think. The CSPs are really just haven't tackled that in a meaningful way yet. I think it'll be really cool once they kind of finish connecting that dot between timely and accurate information and making it actionable. 
in a way that customers want to consume it. Oh, yeah. I think it'd be amazing to be able to have like a little video pop up even in our own software to be like, hey, here's how things are going. And it's like, TSPs now, they're using AI, like, here's a draft of this email we think you should send in your voice or whatever. But like, why is it all email all the time? Like, I don't know about you. I'm never excited to open my inbox and have like 300 vendor emails. You know, I want, give me something meaningful from somebody I actually care what their opinion is, make it personalized and customized to me. And I think we're not great at that yet, but we will be soon. Speaking of CSPs, do you feel that there are better alternatives for companies than CSPs? It's an interesting question. There was like a Forrester. This is the first year they did a ranking, the Forrester wave on the CSPs market. And thought what was interesting was you know, there's four rankings and there was no one in the top quartile. So like no one's great. <laughs> there's only a couple in the like second quartile. And I think a lot of that really is those kind of missing components of how to make it actionable and how to make it feel like less of a to-do list. I think they have pros and cons for different kinds of companies, different go-to-market models, different company sizes and stages as well. So they've got pros and cons. I think each of them is better for a different group. But I don't think any of them have like super nailed it for everyone. And I've never seen that with any other serve, uh, like software that, you know. Yeah, no, you always see a bunch up there, right? Right. Somebody's great. Someone's best in class and no one is best in class. And I think that's accurate, right? Like we don't have a clear winner right now. We have like the OGs that have been around forever, like a Gainsight or a Tatango. We've got like the new up-and-comers that are kind of figuring it out like a Vitaly. But I think really to move the needle, most of the customer success orgs that I work with or that I know of are having to layer on other point solutions on top of it to really get to where they want to be. And still less than half of customer success managers have access to a CSP today. So most companies are either doing it in large companies, doing internally built alternatives, for small companies are working out of their CRM and then using some of these other point solutions that are the, the ones that are most important to them. Yeah, we were definitely out of our CRM for a little while. <laughs> so totally right on that boat and very glad we have now. But so how has just-in-time learning evolved in the past, say, like five years? You mentioned that the need for like that just at the right place, right time kind of message. How do you feel like that's evolved? Yeah, it's changed. There's some market factors that have changed it a lot. <laughs> I'd say one way it's gotten harder. <laughs> you think that kind of earlier days of software companies like Salesforce do quarterly releases, right? Like all the code changes four times a year. That's it. Customer education, customer success knows what's coming. They can plan, make sure their materials are high quality. But I think the pace of development has gotten so much faster over the last five years. We'll continue to be with AI now that a lot of QA and things can be automated in a lot more efficient way that UI and stuff is changing so fast right now that makes keeping your just-in-time learning applicable, accurate, all that really, really challenging. I think the way it's gotten easier is localization. Like back early days at LinkedIn, we had English when it first started. Within just a few years, we were covering 47 languages. And Doing localization for that took like an army. It was insane, right? And so if you think back, most of it was pretty manually done then. Five years ago, there were machine learning companies that did a pretty mediocre job at localization, right? Like you still, it might get you 60% of the way there and you still had to have like a human. So it would take weeks to get it instead of months. But now I think with AI localization, like it's amazing what what's possible there. We can get it back in hours, minutes, and it's pretty spot on. So I think 
trade-off. Something's got better, something's got worse. I think the need for just-in-time training is probably even more important now than ever before. People's attention spans are short. The number of software products that an average employee has access to now in the U.S. is more than 80. And so I think that just-in-time learning is super, super important to be able to kind of stay top of mind and incrementally make people a little bit better at their job every day. So currently, can you tell us how you're incorporating new technologies into your just-in-time training? Yeah, a few different ways. (laughs) There are some learning management systems, I think, that are doing a much better job now at kind of prescriptive learning where you may be able to do learning within the like more L&D focused side of companies. And so depending on what your product is, if that makes sense, doing a better job of kind of tagging and creating personas can help you get the right information in front of the right person with channels that might not be open to you otherwise as a vendor. I think also in video creation, (laughs) not just video, but in using one learning product to create a bunch of different modalities, I think has become way easier with AI. So one of the things when I'm working with early stage startups, one of our arms is a, a fractional head of customer success. So it's coming in when they're just starting their customer success department. They may only have one or two CSMs. Usually everything's high touch right at the beginning because they don't have any tools yet. And so you're like, okay, well, we can be really efficient with this. Let's take you did an hour-long meeting with an executive sponsor at one company. Cool. We can now jump this into AI. We can use transcripting to create text content. We can use video editing AI to create more video-based. We can create images using something like a Canva, like take out your backgrounds. And so all of those things became way, way more efficient where you can do kind of one effort and get 30 different assets out of it. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, that would make my life easier. <laughs> How do you consider the customer's journey into just-in-time learning? Like, How do you optimize for them? I think multiple learning modalities is a strong point in that. So in old times, they were like, okay, we'll A-B test, right? Like, we'll do two email versions and we'll see which one people open more. Instead of that, let's do, okay, we'll send this. You can get it through email. You can get it on Discord or Slack. You We'll send it as a as a meme (laughs) with a link to a video. We'll try doing, what if it's a voice memo through LinkedIn? What if it's a, we're going to send this through WhatsApp as like a short-form video. We're going to send it in product as a short-term-form video. And so instead of just A-B testing, like, okay, two messages in the same same channel, (laughs) we're like, great. Let's not assume it's either or. Let's give people many options. And then Over time, we can see their behaviors to see which channels are most effective for them, what learning styles really resonate with specific end users, and then try and use that to help navigate the right information to that person proactively in the way they actually want to consume it. It's important how they actually want to consume it, right? Like, that's the thing I loved about uh, about LinkedIn and about LinkedIn learning, right? I didn't want to go other places and do stuff like I'm like, oh, it's right there and it's making me feel bad that I don't know this thing. Suddenly I'm doing the thing. (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry about that that was kind of our idea we were like okay we're doing this for recruiters we're like hey you're having this problem you don't know you're having so like here's watch a short video join a webinar read a white paper whatever and we're like hey we could kind of do this for everyone right like hey we see you're in this career you haven't really learned these key skills that are usually the next step for you to get a promotion like why not watch this video so that was kind of the idea of it back at the beginning but i think videos really makes more sense for most people than 
some people will sit down and read a book. Great. They should have that option. (laughs) But that shouldn't be the only option, right? So I've got kind of a two-part question. Same question, but applied to two different areas. How is AI helping your business in both day-to-day operations in running a small business and also as fractional heads of customer success for early stage startups? It's kind of surprising given ChatGPT has only been out for like a year or how often we're using AI in our business. Just on a general day-to-day basis, we use it for things like, I sat down at the beginning of the year and I was like, let's put together a marketing plan. Tell me all the, you know, this is whatever month and national whatever day and we can plan some content around that and plan this out for the entire year and have a good schedule for ourselves where normally I would have had to give that to a marketing person. They'd come back like a month later. So like some of that kind of piece of like sales and marketing, I think there's a ton of different applications there. From a more operationally focused side of helping the small startups that we work with who are really starting from scratch with customer success. For example, I was working with one this week. We first started working with them. They had one CSM who was like all things post-sale, right? Like (laughs) when you're the only CSM in a small startup, you're you're everything, right? Your your collections, your implementation, your contracting, your support. And we found that this person was spending the vast majority of their time doing more reactive support. And so use some AI to scan through the emails that had been coming in about support for the last few months, drop that into ChatGPT, asked which help articles would be most useful, ask which terminology was most questioned, and then ask ChatGPT to create some help articles on each of these things. And so in a few hours, we built out an entire learning and knowledge repository and support center so people could do deflection. So that person actually had time to do the proactive work that you're meant to do as a customer success manager. And so they ended up saving three or four hours a day. And it took ChatGPT, what, like two hours or something, two or three hours of asking the right questions to get the whole help center stood up. So like, it's pretty transformative. That's awesome. So you work with all these little SaaS companies that are just starting, right? Why do you think like SaaS businesses are leading the way in terms of of rolling out customer success programs? Yeah, I mean, the whole idea of customer success is really the sales never done. If you think about if you're selling like a pair of shoes or something, they buy the shoes and that's it. You don't see them again until they need more shoes and you don't have to convince them why they need to use it. The shoes aren't going to be changing every two weeks (laughs) and you have to keep them up to speed on, on all the differences. I think customer success really has several different components to it that are about how do you keep people's time and attention focused on where you want it focused? How do you do organizational change management at a scale that actually works? And that change management is ongoing forever, right? Like we're releasing new code all the time. (laughs) We're keeping up with market changes across every industry is impacted by SaaS. And you're working with every user group, like who's not using software on the job in this day and age. And so they have to be experts on their customer's job as well as their own product and as well as our industry. So, I mean, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, uh, it's interesting that the, uh, how often things change right now. Like I'm at a, we're a small company, right? And like a customer wants something and a week later they have it. Like that's unheard of. Like five, 10 years ago, if you wanted something from Word, I mean, or from Microsoft, what would you do? Like, I'm going to send them a strongly worded email or letter. Like, I don't know what You'll you would do something back on a then. Forum like, and then. You don't even think about it. Yeah, anymore. and then nothing happens. You're like, hey, Clippy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can you tell Bill Gates? <laughs> hey, Clippy. 
Clippy was the first yeah. AI. <laughs> I can't help you with anything useful, but I can reformat your your letter that you're going to physically mail to somebody. <laughs> right. <laughs> what are some of the common challenges facing customer education teams right now? I feel like customer education isn't new, but you would swear it was. Like, <laughs> it's got a little bit of an identity crisis, I feel like. Like, we don't really know what we want it to be when it grows up. Like, sometimes it's reporting to marketing. Sometimes it's reporting to products. Sometimes it's support. Sometimes it's customer success. And very rarely do they have a seat at the table. It's a very reactive kind of work. So products changing and they are the victims. They just have to like roll with it constantly. Where I think if they were involved a little earlier in the cycle, sometimes they there are problems your customers have that could have been solved with training. Like a lot of edge cases are like, okay, this one really big company wants this thing and there's a workaround, but they don't want to take the time to like do the education and teach them. No one mentions that's an option. And so you're wasting engineering resources on things that like probably don't need a technical, a technical solution, but they're not involved in that conversation to be able to offer that perspective. They're also not involved in the conversations where you're like, hey, UX designer, I know square photos were like all the rage last week and now it's circular photos. But if you make this change, you realize we're going to have to update every asset this company has, every product shot, not just customer education, but like every marketing asset. And there's just not somebody at the table who's representing that piece of the voice. So I think that's probably some of the biggest challenges that face customer education in general. I'd love to see their scope and more clearly defined and their authority or like influence taken a little more seriously. Yeah, that's the one of the reasons I wanted to come to Vidiate was because I had that pain happen to me where I stood up an entire and this is there was no automation back then it was like 2018 20, 2019 it was actually over the christmas break of 2018 2019 i stood up a whole automated video onboarding for our, our tiny company they're like wow this is awesome cool we're gonna change the color of one of our main things from red to white but it'll be fine and it seems like a couple of words the customers won't care i think i'm on the wrong training because it's not the right the same color and so I had to remake that entire set of videos that taken me, I'm, I'm pretty, I was pretty darn fast. I did the whole thing in like three weeks. It took me another week and a half to update all of those darn videos that I had just made in this one portion of the thing. And no one really asked. They're like, yeah, no one really thought about it. I think it's just not a thought that people have, right? So I think awareness is a big thing there too. Like, I don't know if people are aware of their customer education teams and how people are learning how to use the things they're making. So speaking of that, what is the future of customer education? And what should customer education leaders be thinking about? I think it's going to get to a much more personalized level where you're like, okay, based on how this person is interacting, maybe they just changed jobs. <laughs> we onboarded this whole company. The company's mature, but this employee is brand new. Being able to really understand what style of communication they like. So it's not just a hello, insert name here, and everyone gets that. It's a we know this is a really formal guy, so it's hello, Mr. Whoever, and we know this is this person is much more chill, and it's like, hey, whoever, but like to the whole next level where it's the right communication channels for them. So I think just the level of personalization is going to be pretty amazing in the future. I think there's little point solutions now that all are could contribute to this. I think if one company can figure out how to tie it all together and make it really seamless, I think customer success becomes super easy and that company becomes super super successful yes yes 
shut up and take my money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like engagement's like 90%. You're like, okay, well, it didn't take a lot of work from you because we knew how to keep it top of mind. We knew how to pe- make people really, really successful with using the products. And you as a customer didn't have to give it a whole lot of thought because uh, we had all that intelligence and could be really adaptive and really responsive to all of the users who, who needed to participate for you to get the value that you wanted. Wow. Well, this has been a really great conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, guys. I really enjoyed chatting. And Richard, we should share a war story sometime. I have definitely been there with that. I was like, why does it need to be yeah, red we, now? Uh, not be, uh, red. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. Yes. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you again for joining. Thank you so much for being here. That's all for today's episode of Video Voyager's Edge of AI. And if you'd like to learn how customer success and customer education leaders are using video to scale their support efforts, how AI and automation plays into their day-to-day, and what video technology your competitors are investing in, check out the newly released 2023 State of SaaS Customer Success and Product Training videos report. You can download it on our website at video.io. Don't forget to subscribe. Bye. Video Voyager's Edge of AI is powered by Vidiate, the number one trailblazer in the world of video AI and automation. With Vidiate, it's fast and easy to create, update, and globalize your video library with every new software release. Learn more on our website at vidiate.io. Keep up to date with technology's role in shaping the future of customer experience. Search for Video Voyagers on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to stuff. And don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review if you like us, but not if you don't, and stay tuned for more. See you next time.